Good morning. Okay. Well, it's a beautiful morning, especially for a Sunday to be here and just uh, feel all the Lord's blessings. Get into his word. And uh, I just got a text from one of my dear friends that blessing my day for me. I always appreciate that. Let's let's start off over there with prayer. Our Lord Jesus, uh, Heavenly Father, thank you so much for this really beautiful day. Um, be with everyone that's here uh, to give us understanding. Let your Holy Spirit um, uh, manifest um, his teaching in our hearts as the words of Scripture unfold. And uh, Father, may you uh, be with me to um, give me the humility that's needed to um, to wait upon you as, as I open up these pages and and uh, uh, present this Old Testament prophet. In Jesus' name, we pray. Well, always in um, credit where credit is due. And today's topic is Zephaniah which means the Lord hides. And I'm sure you still have your uh, timeline. And you can see that we've reached the uh, last of the uh, active minor prophets that are still active during the, uh, the, the time of um, the southern kingdom before its fall. And then after that, we go to the last three minor prophets, Haggai, Zechariah, and Malachi, which are what we call the post-exilic prophets, meaning post-exile prophets. And hi, good to see you guys. Uh, on your uh, on your bulletins, uh, there's uh, the outline that I've uh, put together as usual. Um, and like like many of them, they, they all start off with uh, what their call is about and their identification as a prophet. And then uh, this prophet, Zephaniah, goes right into a declaration of the Lord's universal judgment, which includes all creation and Judah. Remember, the northern kingdom is already in captivity. Uh, he does talk about the day of the Lord. There is a call to repentance. Um, and then the declaration of judgment resumes in the second chapter. And then uh, in the third chapter, consequences and blessings explained. And it talks about punishment. It talks about the coming of the Lord. Um, it talks about the remnant, which is uh, a, a little bit of a new, uh, a new insight. And... Um, at the end, the blessings of the kingdom. <clears throat> so there's two key verses that I, I identify here, and they're, they're on your bulletin too. Uh, the first one is chapter 2, verse 3. Uh, it says, Seek the Lord, all you humble of the earth who have carried out his ordinances. Seek righteousness. Seek humility. Perhaps you will be hidden in the day of the Lord's anger. So um, 
there's a number of commands there that we'll, we'll look at. And then in chapter 3, verse 2, it talks about Jerusalem, and it says, She, Jerusalem, Jerusalem is, is added in. She heeded no voice. She accepted no instruction. She did not trust in the Lord. And, and there's the crux of the matter right there. She did not draw near to her God. And then in chapter 2, verse 9, there's a verse that compares the action of um, the people of, of Jerusalem, of the south, to Sodom. And we know what happened to end that problem. Destruction. So let's take a look at that first key verse. And the reason why this one stands out is because you can see out there on the screen, I've, I've got the three words, <clears throat> seek, seek, and seek. It's used three times. <clears throat> and in, in each case, excuse me, <clears throat> in each case, there are intensive active commands, um, which, which is a, a call to utterly seek. Utterly reach out, utterly reach out to grasp. And of course, it's very clearly identifying in this first instance, the Lord. And if you can't, if you don't do that, if you're not willing to do that, if you're disobedient and you're worshiping other gods, then <clears throat> that's, why, that's why judgment comes upon you. And we know who the Lord is. We've talked about that a lot. Yahweh, um, the I am, he who was, is, and is to come. And then it identifies uh, the ones who are to seek. And it's all you humble of the earth. And, <clears throat> and it's, um, you can see that uh, some of those words are, are kind of added into the one Hebrew word, humble. Um, it, it, it's an inclusive word which, which embraces all. And then it's, it points an arrow at at why they're humble it's it's those who carried out his ordinances <clears throat> so there's no exclusions here he, uh, <clears throat> the lord is talking about the people who are the non-proud who are seeking the lord um, and his ordinances refers to the legal basis of god's requirements we're talking about the mosaic law of course <clears throat> And those who have carried out, it's, it's a perfect active verb, which means it's a state of being of those who, who are seeking the Lord and who are carrying out the, the ordinances. Uh, with the assistance of the Lord, it becomes a state of internal being that, that, um, that you have that relationship uh, with God. And we're going to jump to it in just a second. You know, my panel on repentance, the Lord doesn't require physical sacrifices and all those those um, those required things of going into the temple with sacrifices and bloodletting and all that sort of stuff. He requires the heart. He requires the heart to be re repentant and to be uh, to be humble, to, to be to be like the Lord. <clears throat> we we can and we, we can always Look at these things and see what's being called upon the, the, these people to do in regards to salvaging their relationship 
Uh, and we can, we can apply it straight across the board to the teachings of the New Testament. You know, Jesus, he commands, seek ye first the kingdom of God. You know, and a number of different things, seeking ye shall find, et cetera, and et cetera. And, and, and so uh, the, the only substantial difference between the Old Testament uh, believers, they, 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 were, they were saved to the bosom of Abraham if they passed away, when they passed away. And and we are we too are are saved to to paradise. Look at the thief on the cross. To be absent from the body is to be present uh, with with the Lord. Um, and and so that uh, uh, pursuing that humility that that God gives um, through His presence uh, in us, and of course we have the presence of the Holy Spirit that Jesus promised in in the upper room to the disciples. Is uh, before he was taken into captivity, uh, and then it talks about seeking righteousness, and it's it's not our righteousness; it's uh, it's standing or acting in God's just ethical standards. So it's seeking His righteousness, and then for emphasis a third time that intensive act of command, and seek humility. This is an absolute command. And the humility of God, the patience of God, the tenderness of God, the selflessness of God. And then it says perhaps, and, and don't be misled by that perhaps, uh, it, it's, it's simply modifying the idea of, of uh, being hidden in the day of the Lord's anger. If you seek, then hope and safety follow. That's the promise. That's the promise. But it's contingent upon uh, the individual seeking 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 and and then that that's what 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 makes it uh, 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 the the word perhaps being added in there because it's contingent upon the the people there were there were more people that were not obedient than there were that were obedient just like in the New Testament we know that wide is the way that leads to destruction and narrow is the way that leads to life and we we wish that weren't weren't so I mean, I, I I was just uh, I was on the, the the computer this morning and and uh, uh, you know of course most of the the platforms that you get on to open up your emails or whatnot are 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 very slanted toward the quote woke things that are going on in our culture today and they they put their their leads up on these pages with pictures. If you understand, you know, the word lead is a journalistic expression of the title on an article, and now they just put up a picture with a headline. And and probably 10 of the 15 that were there on the page had something to do with tr- transgenderism or homosexuality or, or lesbianism, and, and it's like, okay, Right here, we're looking at a book that compares the the people of Judah to Sodom. Where are we? I mean, it's just as bad, and 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 who knows? Maybe worse. Sodom was a a, a town, a small contained town. Gomorrah was a small contained town. What's going on in the world today is is worldwide. This stuff is is worldwide. I I um. I I, I got to take a second, and I hope it doesn't mean that I get 
run out of time. But I was up in, in uh, Seattle once, and I crossed from a friend's place on the, the east side of the Puget Sound over to the um, the west side where, where Seattle is. I was going to go get on a, on a uh, try to get on a ship to do a, a coastal tour so I could see the sites and whatnot. And I, I was running a little late, so I got there, I parked, and I ran to this this uh, uh, office, and um, and I said, "Do you have a boat that's going out to tour the the the, the city highlights?" And, and they said, "Yeah, uh, it's just right around the corner." So I ran around the corner, and there was a whole bunch of people, a whole bunch of people, but I was like, just zeroed in on the on the ticket counter, and so I ran up to the ticket counter, and there was this kind of strange music in the background. And, and I got to the ticket counter, and there was a couple people ahead of me in line, and so I was able to stop and pause. And I was able to kind of relax, and I started to take in that which was around me. And I was in the middle of a homosexual gathering of people that were going to get on this boat that I was going to buy a ticket on. And, and I was like, in total shock because I was wearing shorts and a polar shirt like this and 80% of the people around me were dressed exactly the same way but they were all homosexuals and then I took in there was a, a group of tables off to the side and and there were about 15 what appeared to be beautiful women in these big, flowing, colorful gowns that, that turned out not to be women. And I backed away. <laughs> and I, I went and I walked down the, the sidewalk and I, I came to a, a guy that was looking for a handout and I stood there and engaged him in conversation and um, as soon as I brought up the Lord, his eyes just faded out and he he wasn't hearing anything. Anyway, I came back and they were, all these people had moved to an amphitheater that was built in there. And and there were entertainers there. There were two or three council people that were all, two of them were performing drag queens. And, and a, I, another one was just there looking normal, but also a part of that group. And, uh, uh, I was standing off to the side. I was able to stand off to the side and see what was going on. And I saw these different performers, and I saw how excited these these people got. And um, I, I mean, I was an, an LA police officer, and I had encountered these folks before. I had worked as a military police officer in San Francisco, and I had worked with the San Francisco PD in joint patrols, and in, encountered a lot more. And that was even that was back in the uh, in in the sixties, and uh, uh, anyway, so I watched this, and um, as I was standing there, the Lord put it on my heart. These are my children, saith the Lord. These are God's children. They're they're people that created the image of God. And it, and it really, I mean, it just broke my heart. And to see it becoming so widespread now and, and so actually aggressive against people of faith, um, 
it, it answers a lot of questions about maybe what's in store. We, we have to have real Holy Spirit backbones in this day and age. And we have to be ready and willing to stand up and to give an answer for the hope that is in us anytime we have opportunity. And I think that's what this is talking about is, you know, to seek, seek the Lord, seek his righteousness, seek humility. Uh, because, you know, the day of the Lord was promised to them back then, but it's, it's coming. What they experienced was captivity. The day of the Lord is yet to come. Anyway, I, I know that that probably threw a monkey wrench in my presentation. Um, and when it's talking about the Lord's anger, it's really an interesting word. It actually uh, means the Lord's nose. And, and in the Hebrew, that means, that means it's a metaphor of a person's face and looking down a person's nose, uh, it's fierce wrath coming from the Lord in that case. And, and, and it's something that I guess is sort of akin to over there in the Middle East if they don't like something, they throw shoes at the, at the person that's speaking. Remember George Bush stuck in the shoe? Anyway, <clears throat> This one here, uh, she Jerusalem heeded no voice. This one is really pretty obvious. Uh, I, I've been able to compare this to uh, Jeremiah three, three uh, one, uh, or verse three one, uh, the, leading into it rather. Woe to her who is rebellious and defiled, the tyrannical city. So that's Jerusalem, and she heeded she heeded not the Lord's. Um, voice and she did not accept any instruction from the Lord uh, and it also uses the word Elohim in this passage so we have the I am and we also have the identification of the one true God the creator the savior the faithful one and uh, and while it says negativity negatively they did not draw near um, the obverse to that is like it said in the previous verse, draw near to the Lord. That's the answer to, and that's the call of the prophet. Uh, I already spoke about this a second ago. I, I don't want to reiterate it, but we know that we have to um, repent of our sins uh, so that God can, can uh, take our wickedness put it on the cross where Jesus paid for those sins and, and transfer his righteousness to us. It's called grace because it's not anything that any of us deserve at all. I, I was joking with my best friend on the phone and we agreed that, that Paul made a terrible mistake when he wrote that he was the chief of sinners. And, uh, and I, I, I have to give him a little leeway because he didn't, I hadn't been born yet. So he took the title ahead, <laughs> ahead of me. But I'll tell you what, I, when I came to the Lord, I, I thought I was, uh, um, you know, partial Superman because I carried a badge and, and put people in, uh, but I was just as bad as any of them, just as bad. And the wickedness in me was, was um, so revealing when, when the Lord opened my heart to it. So I, I trust that that uh, you have the same insights. So you can see the theme there. Uh, take a minute to, 
read over it when you get a chance, the purpose and the summary. Um, the, the method here to reveal that the days of judgment are near, the day of the Lord is a term used more by Zephaniah than any other Old Testament writer. So the people of the South are getting close to judgment, and that's the reason why. So who is the author? Uh, verse 1 tells us that he was an, of noble birth. He traces his family back four generations, stating that he was the son of Cushi, son of uh, Gedaliah, son of Amariah, son of King Hezekiah. And he stands alone as a prophet with royal blood. Stand, this standing gave him status and the ear of the new king, Josiah, who is given credit for making reforms to return the people to obedience before the Lord. Uh, now, the date given before Josiah's reforms when Judah was still steeped in wickedness, idolatry, injustice, and corruption. In 628 uh, B.C., Josiah tore down Baal altars, burned bones of false prophets, and broke carved idols. Now, I have a reference there to Second Chronicles 34, 3 to 7, and I thought it was important to, to connect. It says, you know, we're identifying this, this young king, and so I want you to see what he actually, actually did when he got, uh, was declared the king. For in the eighth year of his reign, while he was still a youth, he began to seek the God of his father, David, and in the twelfth year, he began to purge Judah and Jerusalem of the high places, the Asherim, the carved image, and the molten images. They tore down the altars of the Baals in his presence, and the insult, incense altars that were high above them he chopped down also. The Asherim, the carved images, and the molten images he broke in pieces and ground to powder and scattered it on the graves of those who had sacrificed to them. Then he burned the bones of the priest on their altars and purged Judah and Jerusalem in the cities of Manasseh, Ephraim, Simeon, even as far as Naphtali. In their surrounding ruins, he also tore down the altars and beat the ashram and the carved images into powder and chopped down all the incense altars throughout the land of Israel, then returned to Jerusalem. And as we learned on, in, on Wednesday nights, um, he didn't destroy all the high places and there was still a lot of idol worship that was taking place. But he was, he was a good king in the sense that he did take these, these actions. And then finally, um, there, it, 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 there's a note here that I picked up. The lost book of the law was found in 622. So because of those elements, we, we can determine that Zephaniah prophesied uh, as your chart suggests, from 635 to 625 B.C. Um, I don't need to comment too much about the map. It's, uh, it, this map is exclusive to Zephaniah. Uh, what I try to do with these maps is I try to go through each book and find all the names that are, that are uh, referred to in there. And... Uh, uh, and and put them on, on the map. There's one note there that I thought interesting um, up there um, next to Philistia. There's a smaller note. It says the Cherethites were a Philistine clan with a connection to the island of Crete. And that group of people is mentioned in this, in this book, which is why I, I added that.
So most of the stuff on the background, I've already it, it's on your it's in your bulletins, and I've already talked about it uh, previously. So I'm not going to spend uh, a lot of time there. Uh, down toward the bottom, it does say this was the time when Nebuchadnezzar rose to power in Babylon, and uh, on your uh, timeline chart, you can see that uh, he was active at the time of uh, Jeremiah and Ezekiel as well. So, uh, quickly to the text. Um, the word of the Lord came to Zephaniah, son of Cushi, and I, I already read that uh, that higher, his family line. Uh, and verse 2, I will completely remove all things from the face of the earth, declares the Lord. And so that verse jumps right into the, the, the promised destruction that's going to take place. Uh, and then it goes on. I will remove man and beast. I will remove the birds of the sky and the fish of the sea and the ruins along with the wicked. And I will cut off man from the face of the earth, declares the Lord. And so, you know, the, the, the dying birds, it's a symbolic image. Um, and um, it, it just kind of images and words, when you put them together, it kind of gives you that perspective of uh, the reality of something that uh, that is going to happen. Um, down there at the bottom uh, for your notes, there's two places there, Romans and Psalms. All have turned aside. There is none who does good, not one. So um, there's a lot of people who uh, some of our more flamboyant, narcissistic, narcissistic leaders out there who declare themselves as good uh, we know that um, that the, there is a false prophet in route and and um, you know the the time of the end we're going to be looking at a timeline and we we believe that the church will be removed before these these terrible final things uh, take place now, on Wednesday night, we talked about some some of the uh, characteristics of the idols that they worship, and one of the characteristics was they're really ugly. <laughs> and here's one that's really ugly. This is Milcom. Uh, okay, I will stretch out my hand against Judah and against the inhabitants of Jerusalem, and I will cut off the remnant of Baal from this place and the names of the idolatrous priests. Because there were leaders that turned people in, in this direction, along with the priests, along with the regular priests. And those who bow down on the housetops to the host of heaven, and those who bow down and swear to the Lord, yet and yet swear by Milcom, and those who have turned back from the Lord, and those who have not sought the Lord or inquired of it. So the specific judgment of Judah, Jerusalem, and, and her Beverly of idolatrous priests is declared because they are followers of, uh, and this is an Ammonite deity, Milcom. For they have not repented. Uh, here's here's a, a hopeful declaration. A false witness will not go unpunished. He who tells lies will perish. Um, this particular uh, section of scripture talks about um, the the structure of Jerusalem itself and the walls of Jerusalem. And uh, you can see where the temple is, is located. 
And um, uh, down in the left-hand quadrant, it talks about the fish gate. And, uh, and of the abuses that are taking place, it's the same as Luke 19.46. My house shall be a house of prayer. You have made it a robber's den. So this is a lot of what was going on. But I have some illustrations of the fish gate that I thought were interesting. Uh, this one is an older picture. And it has uh, Zephaniah 1, 10 to 11 uh, referenced here. And it says, the fish gate was on the north end of the city. People there would be the first to see an enemy evading from the north. And so that, that connects with, you know, that your judgment is coming. coming. You're going to be taken into captivity. That's the direction they're coming from. The fish gate opened to, into the part of the city known as the second quarter, probably because it was an expansion of the original city of David. This quarter would be the first reached from the north. Mactesh was the name of the merchant quarter, which lay in the second quarter, thus the reference to merchants, they that bear silver. And that's going to come out in one of the other, other verses. And then uh, this is a, a picture of the, the gate as it exists today. And, uh, and then finally, an artist's rendition of what it likely looked like when all the walls were intact and kind of pretty. I, like, I always like purple flowers on trees. Um, and this, this, this one here talks about the inhabitants of Mort, Mortar. And I have another picture here. And then the reference in blue underneath that picture. Mortar was the name of a district of Jerusalem given to the Valley of Shalom for its shape. It was a wealthy business district. Catch that. A wealthy business district where deceitful practices scammed any who dealt there. I always felt that way anytime I go into a theater or a concert or whatever, you know, go to get snacks, you know, and what you could get for, for a buck in the, in the store cost $15. That's the kind of thing that, that I always object to. I know it's kind of a minor comparison, but um, this was not a good place to go and do business. Uh, and then uh, there's a line in here that says, I will punish men who are stagnant in spirit, who say in their hearts, the Lord will, will not do good or evil. So they reach the point in their so-called spiritual lives where, you know, the Lord is distant. You know, we, we understand about the, the mockery of God. You know, where is your God? He, I don't see him. And that's what was taking place. He, he's, not, not, he's not doing anything. He's not good. He's not going to do good or evil. He, and so that's why we have to pray to these these other gods to to get our our blessings uh so near is the great day of the lord this is where it starts talking about uh the day of the lord listen the day of the lord in it the warrior cries out bitterly a day of wrath a day of trouble and distress a day of destruction and desolation a day of darkness and gloom a day of clouds and thick darkness a day of trumpet and battle and battle cry against the fortified city, cities and high corner towers. Now this is the the, uh, the rebuilt tower of David. That that tower wasn't there. Um, it, it was chopped off at the at the roof line, but this is this has been rebuilt. This is what uh, an artist's conception of it was what it probably looked like back in the day 
And then it goes on to say, I'll bring distress on men so that they will walk like, walk like the blind because they have sinned against the Lord. And their blood will be poured out like dust and their flesh like dung. And here's that reference to silver and gold. Neither their silver nor their gold will be able to deliver them on the day of the Lord's wrath. And all the earth will be devoured in fire of his jealousy, for he will make a complete end, indeed a terrifying one, of all the inhabitants of the earth. Psalm 51. Against you, O Lord, I have sinned and done what is evil in your sight. That's the repentance that the Lord is calling for. So you did pick up, I hope, this timeline, and you can see it goes back It goes back to Adam and incorporates the, the flood, Abraham, David. There's the cross there, Paul's revelation of the mysteries of the church age. Uh, and then 1 Thessalonians 4, 13 to 18, the rapture of the church taking place um, uh, at the end of the church age. And then we have seven years of tribulation and then the second coming, thousand years of the kingdom and then eternity. Um, and uh, so, of course, we are promised uh, he who has done little will be given authority over much. So we're, we're promised to be part of that thousand year uh, reign of Christ. <clears throat> Gather yourselves together, yes, gather, O nation without shame, before the decree <clears throat> before the decree takes place. The day passes like chaff. The word chaff there is what happens when uh, waste from threshing falls to the side. Before the burning anger of the Lord comes upon you. Before the day of the Lord's anger comes upon you. Seek the Lord, all you humble. And we, we concentrated on this verse here uh, at the beginning here. So first, this is calling for national repentance. It's an imperative, a command to Judah in the day of Zephaniah. A call that should be grasped by our nation today, and I've already talked about that. So, um, and it's also a call that should be heeded by every individual. And of course,